Hello to all and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is November the 22nd, 2021. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. What's up, man? Not too much. Pretty eventful uh, couple days here, man. It's been kind of wild. I haven't talked to you in a while either. Yeah, I've uh, been off the grid uh, the past couple days. I was up in uh, Jacob Tree. Jacob's tree. <laughs> How was it up there? The old Joshua tree. It was awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, it was awesome as, <laughs> as usual. Very chilly nights by the bonfire, eating way too many s'mores, mm. drinking some delicious Japanese whiskey. Oh, it's so good. I think it's called Akashi. It's so fucking good. See, I only ever think about sake when I think about like Japanese huge, liqueur. Huge, huge, huge whiskey. Single malt whiskey. Huge. Mm. In Japan. Hmm. Um... Yeah, did that, went to the park, did a bunch of rock climbing. Ooh. So Joshua Tree's cool because it's like a, it's like a weird landscape. It's like Mars kind of, you know, desolate, dry with the with the Joshua Trees everywhere. And it's an elevation. So you're like in the desert in elevation and uh, there's just a bunch of rocks and boulders everywhere. And the, the material, whatever the rock is made of, it's like crazy sticky. There's traction everywhere. Like it, you, you almost can't slip on these rocks. So you can climb them super easily and you just like, it's like a, it's like nature's jungle gym. You know, you're just going up and down and wow. running around. It's so much fun, man. It's so much fun to climb those rocks. You feel like a kid and you make your own way. Like there's no path, like there's no trail. You just park your car and you just go and you're like, oh, I want to climb that. And you just do it. You find the way to do it. And there's always uh, like a way. Huh. Who do you guys go out there with? Um, it was all Jacqueline's friends. Okay. Or now my friends. Nice. It was a girl's trip, including Frank. <laughs> oh, really? Every, yeah. Like everybody, like, like in the days and weeks, like leading up to this trip, like people just like slowly fell off to the point where like two days before the trip, the last dude fell off. Mm. And, um, I had already like offered a drive and I had my truck, you know, you can't really like, back out with that. So it was like me and five other girls. So you're telling me you were shirtless as often as you could be and flexing the entire time. Pretty much. <laughs> Not Ladies, to get you trouble, but... Good morning. <laughs> so do you guys like tent camp or what? We glamped. Oh. Yeah, so one of... one of uh, part, part of this friend group, one of the girls um, owned, like just bought land in Joshua Tree last year and her and her boyfriend decided to build like these these tents these like glamping tents on this land and dude it's such a sweet setup they have uh three right now and i think they're gonna have plans for six and each one has its own little like porta potty which is like the nicest porta potty i've ever been in and then each one has its own like little like shower and sink area and uh, it's like a big giant ass tent it's it's super big dude like it looks like kind of small from the outside and then you get in and you're like oh my god this thing is huge big old tent on a on a big wooden platform um with a bed inside and things like that. So it wasn't, uh, we weren't like super rough in it, but other predators you got to worry about out there. Predators. You said, yeah, like bears or mountain coyotes. lions or anything. Coyotes. Okay. Coyotes. That's not too bad. Mean, nasty road runners. Oh, we did see a rattlesnake. Ooh. Yeah. Climbing up one of the, one of the mounds. We saw a rattlesnake. I didn't see it, but they saw it. It's it pretty caused scary. A, caused a little bottleneck there. Man. But yeah. You see uh, what Ohio State did to Michigan State this weekend? I only saw the score. Oh, my God. And I, I heard they scored all of those points in, like, the first quarter. First and second. Yeah, first half, they were up 49 to zero. But it, it, me. it's got me worried for this Dude, weekend, they look man. good. I mean, yeah. the past, the past like, month and a half, they've, like, just 
come into their own. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't feel great <laughs> on yeah. Saturday. No, I don't feel awesome about it. <laughs> they look like they can beat anybody in the country right now. So yeah. who knows? But who knows? Who Any knows? Given Saturday. We'll see. We'll see. They, I mean, they tend to show up, Michigan. There's sometimes they just don't show up at all. But they tend to show up and at yeah. least make it competitive. And then, you know, somewhere in the beginning, middle, fourth quarter, they just lose it. So mm-hmm. that that is what I'm expecting. And anything else will be a plus, I guess. Or the win. And I'll go fucking crazy. Last time they won was on my 21st birthday. And this will be my 30th birthday. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. That's the last time. Isn't that won. crazy? Yeah. I've almost uh, had a whole decade of not seeing Michigan win. It's awful. And only because of Luke Fickle. Yeah. Right. It's the only reason. <laughs> Isn't he a coach at Cincy right now? He is the coach at Cincy, man. And they're like number program. four in the country? Yeah. Three? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, that program fell off after Brian Kelly left. and I mean, it didn't fall off, but like definitely wasn't as successful as, as they were when he was there. Right, and, and right. Fickle came in and... and a season later, either they might be in the in the top four this this week. Now that uh, Oregon lost, right? Yeah, that's a bad loss. Yeah, um, to Utah. You know, I think that's just a testament to Ohio football. Yeah, people don't know, man. Football is as big in Ohio as it is anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Totally I've never really is. been to Texas like that to see football. But I got to imagine like high school football in Ohio is on par with high school football in Texas. I've heard, yeah, I've heard we're a close two to Texas. Bro, I went to Zanesville, Ohio once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a buddy that, that was that was from there. I went to one of his high school games. And like people who were like 40 years, people had no business at a high school football game. We're <laughs> at a high school football game and they knew all of the players. They have uh, radio uh, uh, shows talking about the high school football team. Oh yeah. People know who the players are. If it weren't, like if, the, if that happened in, California, it'd be creepy. Like, why are you following kids? Really? It's not like that out there. Dude, absolutely not. No, don't get me wrong. We don't, like, we, like, high school football is a big thing out here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we have a, there's a, a, a TV show that we grew up with called the PPR, the Prep Pitskin Report, and they, they have people at every high school game in San Diego, and they have, you know, highlights of it every Friday night, and it was a big deal. Um, being in high school and you know seeing yourself play on on the PPR, but yeah. but not dude, not like Ohio. Hmm. It's life out there, dude. It is, man. I, I can remember. I mean, like I, I always I read the book Friday Night Lights, all the the movie and shit, the show, and like they talk about like shutting the town down when there's football games, and like it's not yeah. totally like that in Ohio, but it's it's close. Like it's for sure. I remember college, like high school football games that I went to where there was ten thousand plus people there, man, that I, that I played in, and it's just full. In some of the games we were playing at University of Toledo, um, like mm-hmm. the local college there, and the glass ball wasn't full, bro, but it was as packed as I've seen it for a Rockets game. Yeah. You know, and, and people just, they really get into it there, man. I, and I don't know, I don't know why that is. Cause like Ohio has professional sports teams. It, right. We got the, the, I mean, not good ones, but we got the Browns, <laughs> the Bengals, the Indians, the Lions aren't far, but yeah. it's, I don't know. It just seems like college and college sports too. Like people just get down. I get, it's just football. Yeah. They just it fucking is. love but football. It, it, but even the concentration of it, it, it cause it's such a, Comparatively, especially compared to like California, it's a small area and the concentration of collegiate football in Ohio, I think, I think it's like second to none, dude. Yeah, there is a lot. Like yeah, think about right. all of just the D3 schools that are at mm-hmm. football. Yeah. And then you have like Ohio Northern, which is D2 or used to be D2. And then you have 
all of the D1 football. I mean, think of oh, all man. the MAC schools, the Mac. all of the... the it's um, true. Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, Ohio University, Toledo. That's just four teams in the MAC right there. <laughs> the but half no, of the MAC Ohio, is like Ohio, Ohio. University's not even in the MAC. They're, um, what are they? I'm pretty sure Conference they're in the USA? Mac. No, they're in the MAC. Aren't they? No. Let's Ohio see. University's football. Definitely not MAC. They're the MAC. Yeah, MAC East. Ohio? Ohio? Ohio Bobcats. Yep. Has that always been the case? That hasn't always been the case. I don't know. Because, like, what about Miami of Ohio? They're also in the MAC, I believe. That's not true. They are, yeah. Miami? So here, here is the MAC. Here is the full MAC. Oh, come on. Sports data is unavailable? What are you doing to me, Google? All right, here we go. We'll go right to their website, the MAC's website. The schools that make up the MAC, at least for football. I don't know what it is for the other sports, but football is really the only one that matters. Uh, Kent State, Miami of Ohio, Ohio University, Buffalo, Bowling Green, Akron, Northern Illinois, shout out Huskies, that's where my sister goes, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Toledo, Ball State, Western Michigan. Hmm. So Kent State's in Ohio, Miami's in Ohio, Ohio's in Ohio, Bowling Green's in Ohio, Akron's in Ohio, Toledo. Toledo. So six teams out of the 12, so half mm-hmm. of the MAC is Ohio. That's wild. It's crazy. Wow. Football Central. Yes, sir. Yeah. God, God lover. <laughs> Beautiful state. Of um, hey, before we get to the show, I, I just want to shout out our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, man. They, uh, they're some great guys doing some great things, and we just want to make sure that we give them a shout out, give them their love. We, we normally put this tease at the end, but we want to make sure all you beautiful people um, who might get busy with your day to day, maybe don't make it to the end of our episodes, get to hear about these guys. Um, drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself, but when it can help American heroes like veterans and first responders, it is that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. They got quite a few blends. The Moab, which we've been drinking a lot of. Uh, I just got a new one sent to me, the Hoo-Ha, uh, which is pretty good. It's, it's got a, a nice little dark taste to it, but it's a medium blend. Uh, they got a bunch. They got a CBD-infused one called the Medic, a bunch of great blends and brews without that acid or bitterness, um, 14 different ones, in fact, which you can get whole bean ground or single-serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10, and you will save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Please use it. Please go check these guys out. We really love them. Great stuff. Great coffee. Uh, Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. Yeah, uh, November is like, uh, well, it's Veterans Day in November, but it's like Veterans Month. Uh, and I only know that because they wear camo in the NFL all November. Yep. But yeah, uh, go out and get some coffee. I mean, if, you, if you're looking to get some coffee, they you know it, they, they can't make it easier uh, to get some really good coffee. And it, and, it, and it supports a good cause, you know. So uh, if only for just this month, go out there, give them a try, and then, uh, you know, Get ten percent off using the FNH ten. So absolutely. All right, let's get to this, Frank. We got a a big juicy story to talk about today. We got a a lot of things going on in the news, but most importantly, I, I guess, or the most talked about is this Kyle Rittenhouse case. Yeah, man. Um, we hadn't talked about Kyle Rittenhouse at all, and uh, probably for good reason. The circles that I run in, I've known for a while that this this kid didn't do anything illegal. Right. The trial that, that he was under was, you know, going to be, it's going to be like a litmus test, right? Like, what, like, like, are we going to follow the law knowing that, that, that this, that this is such a high profile case? So I guess we can start like with a little bit of background on the case. It all really stemmed from 
the murder of George Floyd, right? Back in summer of last year, I think it's pretty hard to forget that the country was in a, a, a bit of a, a turmoil. Um, and then comes Jacob Blake. If you remember Jacob Blake, he was uh, shot while resisting police who were called to his girlfriend's house, Jacob Blake's girlfriend's house. Uh, he ended up brandishing a knife and was shot seven times. And by some miracle, uh, he survived the shooting, albeit uh, it left him paralyzed. So that shooting happened. And uh, not surprisingly, the general public reacted pretty emotionally and took to the streets of Kenosha where that shooting happened. And um, there were there were a few nights of protests, if you want to call them that. I mean, there was dozens of buildings destroyed and, and like 30 fires set in Kenosha over three days. So after after two days of these protests in Kenosha, there was, uh, I guess this is where Kyle Rittenhouse comes in, right? He was, he was helping remove graffiti at a high school. And during this time, he was invited to help protect a car dealership. Um, so he drives to Kenosha. He picks up a gun that was registered legally by a friend, right? So it wasn't his gun. He didn't drive it to Kenosha. He picked it up there and then he took to the streets, right? He was like interviewed by, um, I think Elijah Schaefer was the one who interviewed him. He was out front of this car dealership. He was conversing with police, nothing really crazy, right? He leaves the, the, the dealership and when he tries to come back, the police kind of tell him, hey, you got, you got to go home. So as, as, he's, as he's leaving, he was, he's chased down by a group of people. Um, one of these people fires a gun in the air. And as Kyle Rittenhouse looks back to where that gunshot comes from, a uh, man lunges at him. Kyle shoots four times, killing this guy. His name was Joseph Rosenbaum. He leaves that scene and he's approached by another group of people who recognize him as the, the person who shot Rosenbaum. So he's chased by these people. He trips. He turns on the crowd that's chasing him and he points a gun. And it's not, uh, you can watch the video. It's not until he's, somebody's on top of him does he fire, okay? And then another guy approaches him as this is all going on. He pulls out a handgun and this guy was shot in the arm, non-lethal. And that was it. He tries to turn himself into the police and the police are like, get out of here. We need to find this shooter. So he calls his mom, tells her what happened. Mom drives down, drives him to the police station, turns himself in, and immediately he's charged with murder. Immediately, right? So right after this happened, here, here's, some, here's some responses from some pretty prominent leaders in our country. This is immediately following the shooting. This is, and this is Joe Biden, right? He's running for president. There's no other way to put it. The president of the United States refused to disavow white supremacists on the debate stage last night. And he has, this is a tweet and he has a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse. Jamal Bowman, congressman from New York. We need Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to condemn the armed militias that killed two people in Kenosha yesterday while working in tandem with local police. These militias are domestic terrorists looking to incite a race war. Sitting congresswoman Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. A domestic terrorist executed two people and according to Tucker, talking about Tucker Carlson and his supporters, this is maintaining order. Ayanna Presley, another congresswoman, a 17-year-old white supremacist domestic terrorist, drove across state lines armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value, dignity, and worth of black lives. Right? None of that's helpful. Very decisive. 
and we knew nothing. And I think up until last week, we, the general public didn't know anything about this. If you would ask somebody who's like, yeah, this guy is just a racist who was pissed off that people were protesting for black lives. And so he went out there and tried to insert himself in a, in a situation, reclaim white supremacy. Right. I, I, do you, I mean, did you get that sense as well? Or, or am I just kind of in my own head here? No, that's, I mean, that's how I feel like it was, it was portrayed everywhere, man. Are you saying like pre-verdict? Yeah. In general? Yeah. Pre-verdict, yeah. I mean, for that, sure. that's, that's definitely like kind of the narrative I saw in, in, on one side of it, for sure. You know, I, there's a lot of people that have been coming to his aid and I think it kind of worked against him a little bit as far as public perception goes. Cause like the proud boys were one of the first groups that came out after this. And like, once they bailed him out of jail, took him out to the bar and he's out there partying with the proud boys, like that's not a great look. Not know? at all, man. And that's <laughs> such a problem because this guy's not a hero. Right. No. Because and, and as soon as he gets gets acquitted, everybody on the right starts to celebrate. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck are you celebrating? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is this? We can't make this kid a hero because he's not a hero. Right. I think no. your brother I was talking to your brother about this. And he said, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like the best way not to get yourself in this situation is to not show up to a emotionally charged rally with a fucking rifle, right? Like that's a perfect way to not get yourself in this kind of trouble. So he's not a hero. Yeah. And, and like he is not guilty of, of a crime here, but that doesn't mean he's a smart person or made a smart right. decision with, with what right. he did leading up to all of this 100%. shit. Like you, like you just said, that was not smart to do to go to a rally with a AR like that. No. That's, that's, you kind of know what's going to happen or what could happen for sure. A hundred percent. And like, I, I, it's frustrating to me because I, I hate the fact that this kid even felt like he had to go out there. Like, I don't know the circumstances that brought him in contact with this, uh, uh car, car dealership owner. I think I read as a family friend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But if and it's, it's so frustrating to me that like this kid felt like he had to do that because if if you look at the crux of it, it's like none of this was racially motivated. This shooting wasn't racially motivated. The Jacob Blake shooting wasn't racially motivated. Not even the George Floyd shooting was racially motivated. Like we have to make that a, that determination in our own heads. I think we said it when 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 um, Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder, or at least I said it like he wasn't charged with a hate crime. Right. This wasn't a racist event, but but it was in our own collective minds that we said, well, this is the the only way that this could happen is in racist America. Right. Like the deep white underbelly of America was the reason that this happened. And you could even make the case that like the racism in this particular case isn't overt, but it's assumed that in a racist system of law, Kyle Rittenhouse gets off on murder charges just because he's white, right? Like, had he been black, he would have been convicted of murder. That's a lot. Like, like that. That's the that's the message that I'm hearing from from one side of this. But you couldn't be more wrong. The very same day that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted, almost to the hour, a black man in Florida was found not guilty on murder on the basis of self defense for having shot at police. And there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of examples just like this in the past few years of mostly black men, but women also who've been acquitted for murder on the basis of self-defense. So this race baiting lunacy that we're seeing 
about this skewed system is so short-sighted. And the fact that this was even a thing to begin with, like the fact that we're even having this conversation is so frustrating because it's a non-issue. It doesn't exist, at least in the scale that, that we believe it does. And when you have Biden and the governor of California coming out and making like not so subtle references to the fact that like they're disappointed in this verdict or what have you and bringing up race and bringing up white supremacy. And it's just, God bless, man. Like these people, the, 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 the search for truth is just, it's completely gone. Like they, people don't care about you and they're willing to lie, bold face lie directly to yours and, and my face to prove a point that is assumed to be there, right? It's not, it's no longer about the truth. It's about, well, I know this is true. So I'm not going to do the things that previously we would have done to confirm this is true or to recognize our biases and prove ourselves wrong. No, I believe this is true. It's it's how I feel. And so I'm going to do everything to prove this point instead of searching for the truth. Yeah. Well, kind of, I don't want to say caught me off guard, but like was, was frustrating to me when all, when this verdict was announced and you've seen different reactions from people, it, it's talking to, to friends and family who about this, who, who are on, on social media and, and wherever else just saying like pointing to race about this. And, and I will be the first to say like, there is I do think racial inequality in this country, and, and it leaks into our justice system a lot, especially with drug charges over the last 20, 30 years. You can have that be a thing and also have in your other hand, or, or in this case, like in, in a whole nother kind of hemisphere, like this case where like this guy did all these things and, and was found not guilty. And there's like this thing, this push by the media to like take this because they know this fires people up and will get responses and get people just like more divisive and we can fire people up with this and then merge it into this this other case that is like kind of loosely tied to you know Jacob Blake and George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff and just like generate chaos basically and I think that's yeah. that's like the idea here and like I said that's not to say that like there isn't perceived inequality and I think a lot of people feel this way and you can you know point to critical race theory and a lot of other things like for maybe why they feel this way but like I think it's more their reality that they see every day or and have their whole life and that's why they feel this way but then you see the leaders of our country Kamala Harris tweeted when this verdict came out it says her, her tweet was today's verdict speaks for itself I've spent a majority of my career working to make our criminal justice system more equitable it's clear there's still a lot more work to do now as I understand it and you can probably clarify this for me she built her platform in California on putting minorities into jail for petty drug crimes, correct? Yeah. So that's yeah. bullshit right there. That's a complete contradiction. Gavin Newsom right. put up something that was the same. And then Joe Biden releases a statement that says, while the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. I ran on a promise to bring Americans together because I believe that what unites us is far greater than what divides us. That is a contradictory statement right there. <laughs> 100%, man, because you know what he didn't say? Hmm. He didn't say that Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. Right. Right? That's all he has to say. Kyle Rittenhouse has been found innocent. Mm -hmm. No, he said the jury has spoken. He couldn't even say the words. And I'm on board with you. I understand there being gross inequalities that boil down to race, right? Whether it's covert or overt or... The whole reason that the inequality exists 
in the first place, the numbers show that inequalities exist and they affect groups of people who identify or are are a part of one one race or another, right? Like th- that exists. But it's th- these stories like this that diminish that that movement altogether. Right. I totally agree. It hurts it. Yeah. Right because because if you're a rational human being, you can't look at these these things objectively and be like like there's no there there. You you're you're trying to to create this boogeyman that doesn't exist. And if you were to tell the truth, you would have so much more momentum on your side because you're losing you're losing regular rational people who who can and, and it's become increasingly hard but who can see through the bullshit and everyone that i talk to about this scenario what they would all point to is what i said the racial inequality in our justice system and like how the laws in wisconsin are fucked you shouldn't be able to carry an AR, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be able, he shouldn't be able to pick at random a, a, his jury out of a hat. It's like, okay, pause. He shouldn't, he shouldn't. Those, maybe those laws need to be changed, even though selecting a jury out of at random out of a hat is is what they do in every court case in Wisconsin and and just total like chance. That it has nothing, it's not like he's handpicking his jury. He was I mean, picking numbers that were associated randomly right. to the jurors. I mean, there was he wasn't really picking his jury. Right. Technically, he's handpicking his jury because he's picking them with his hand, but like, it's random. Then I would ask those people, did you watch the case? Did you watch any of the court case? Have you heard, have you read into any of this information? Well, no, it's just bullshit. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to like have a news source. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not a news source. This isn't like me going to Fox News to tell you about this case. I, you could watch the, the entire trial live streamed on every news network and, yeah. and you watch the, the prosecution take a huge dump in the courtroom, bro. Literally yeah, saying like, worst. oh, you play Call of Duty? Well, Call of Duty is this gun game and that can incite riot. And then the pros- prosecutor straight up asked him, did you go to Kenosha to commit murder, to try to kill somebody? That was like, I, yeah. I don't know if that was like his rabbit in the hat or what, but it's like you guys had no case. The fact that this went to court is a joke because there's it's all socially motivated and it, it's scary. Yeah. There was no investigation at all. No. It was just, okay, charge him with murder. It was hundred percent politically, politically motivated. Absolutely. And that's what's so frustrating because then what you do is you cause the right to make this guy a hero. Mm-hmm. So you have one group over here is praising Kyle Rittenhouse and this, and this acquittal as a, a win. And, and, and it's like, what the fuck? That's not, no, it's not a win. Two people are dead and I don't care. Like, and another thing that people would do that infuriates me, it's like, well, the people he killed were pieces of shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were pieces of shit. That's not deniable. Right. Like one of the guys was a convicted pedophile, um, who would that day, the day he got killed was, was released from a psychiatric hospital for, uh, an attempted suicide, uh, uh, attempt at suicide. It doesn't matter who the people were that were killed. There were two people killed, Right. And this guy put himself directly in in the line of fire, and you can you can prop him up all you want that he was you know taking a stand against you know uh, people burning and looting and and hey man to be honest with you I think there are more people that need to do that but a 17 year old kid with a rifle in front of a car dealership is not that person right. the person the people are the are, are is, is our leadership it's the Jamal Bowmans of the world the Ayanna Pressies of the world the Ilhan Omars of the world the fucking president who can't tell us the truth who can't say what has happened they have to take a side and it's so fucked dude and and it to me it boils down to to yeah like like the media is the worst but it's the people who perpetuate the lies the media included that are the ones to 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 me that it's like they're they're willing to sacrifice what we have built in this country 
for, you know, a moment of political gain. And I think the perfect example of this is Donald Trump and Russia. Because I don't know if you've heard about this, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, a guy named Igor Danchenko, who was the main source of the Steele dossier, was charged in for making false statements in, in regards to his obtainment of the information of the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was, if you remember, was published by BuzzFeed News in like 2016, 2017. And it became the the catalyst for the entire investigation into Donald Trump's campaign um, involvement with Russia. And as this begins to fall out, we learn that not only was everything fake about Donald Trump and Russia, the investigation that started it, not only was everything fake, but the dossier that was the catalyst for this investigation, the obtainment of that dossier was paid for by the Clinton administration. Ah. Hillary ah. Clinton colluded with Russia. <laughs> this is facts. Yeah. But what were we told for, for four years? Even after this investigation was over, what were we told? That he was just some Russian puppet. And mm. every single fucking news organization took with this and they ran with it. They didn't care about the facts. They didn't care to fact check any of this. They just wanted to be right. And to me, this is the most glaring example of, of this situation. And it's the same thing here in this Kyle Rittenhouse case. And it's the same thing it, for, for almost everything, dude. The opposite is almost always true in yeah. all of these cases. They want you to forget that cities burned last year in the name of justice. They want you to forget that they, they, they fanned those flames. They want you to forget that there was two years of, of, a, of an investigation of Donald Trump and Russia when it turns out that his political opponent was the one who was colluding the entire time. So my, my point is that they don't care about you and you're on your own now. You have to make a determination on whether or not you want to seek the truth or not. Because if you don't, then you're going to continue to be lied to. And, 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 and now it's on you. Because if you are not going to take the time to, if we're not going to take the time to figure out what is true and what is not, then we have left ourselves vulnerable to this malicious misinformation that is continually poured down upon us. And we are doing their bidding by reposting it and retweeting it and putting it up all over social media when it turns out it's all false. It's all fake. Well, that's, and that's, that's what you find, man. You, when you, when things like this happen, you talk to people and real quickly, like you hear, you hear the same shit from different people and, and that's on both sides, but like you can kind of tell where people are getting their information from really fast when you start to talk about any like social political issue. And it's like, instead of where I feel like I'm at, like in the middle and, and like what you're saying, where we're, we're looking into these things and like trying to sift through the bullshit to see what the real story is. You have some people that just take like what CNN is saying or, or whatever NPR, like whatever, like where they take like the social justice stance and like make everything about race. And like, in my opinion, like just try to like drive that wedge into America that's going to like start like damn near a race war someday. Like in this instance, if, if you're not against Rittenhouse, like you're a white supremacist because right. Uh, I've seen that. Yeah. It's like, I saw a post that said you sympathize with the group 
that you feel you're a part of. So if you don't feel Rittenhouse is guilty, you're a white supremacist. And it's like, that's bullshit. Right. I'm looking at information directly from the case with no, like, no any kind of tint or anything from any news source right into the courtroom, and I'm making a decision. That's that's what it is. It's not based off any white supremacist. Like, I side with black people in in the social justice reform. Like, I there are definite points to be made and, and things that need to change. But, like, that doesn't mean in every single situation where a white person's on trial, they need to go down. Mark Norman called Kyle Rittenhouse the white OJ. And I, I was, <laughs> there's a lot of comparisons. It's kind of funny, man. A lot of parallels. But it's just frustrating. Like you hear one side of bullshit and like just recycled information and, and the same shit that you see in one thing. And then even on the, on the left you, or on the right, you see the same thing. And it's the like, same thing. it's just, it's like we're puppets, man. And, and right. people got to wake up. They have to. And, and like, I think the the best way to start there is to ask yourself, why do you care? What about this case is appealing to your your highest ideal? And why is it doing that? Question that. Because if you don't know, then you allow yourself to be taken for a fool. And nobody wants to admit that they've been taken for a fool. So what do they do? They dig deeper. Yeah. Right? There's a lack of humility that's just so astounding with everybody, especially the media, that we can't we can't admit, hey, man, you know what? I think I got that one wrong. I think I got that one wrong. Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't matter. Like, really and truly, my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. So if you're wrong, then then it's okay to, to, to admit that as long as your highest ideal is the truth. But that's not the case anymore. And we can see that the people who are leading this, if they're not interested in the truth, then what incentive do we have? I don't think there's much, man. So I, I think all we can do is continue to look at these things objectively and say, hey, look, you know, it doesn't fit one narrative or another, but here's what happened. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Lady Lady Justice is blind. She's got a scale and a, and a blindfold. And I think more often than not, even though there's plenty of problems wrong with our justice system, more often than not, it proves to be still the best thing going in the world. And... um you know, we'll put it up on our Twitter, but I mean, there are just countless examples of this exact same thing happening with, with black people all over the country. So that, that should just completely kill any sort of race baiting uh, rhetoric that is surrounded by this, by this uh, case. And, and I don't know, man, maybe, maybe one day soon, there's a, a come to God moment where, where the majority of us are, are willing to admit that we're being lied to. And, and hopefully by that point, the damage hasn't, you know, I don't know, man, because I feel like people at this point have most people have like pick their side and and people are not humble. People people mm -hmm. aren't honest with themselves, so whatever you want to say it. But like most people won't be like, all right, I was wrong. Like a lot of people just dig in to, to their side. And that's why you see like all our parents on Facebook going fucking crazy with not crazy, all, but most right. of them going crazy. Cause it's like, they've picked their side. They're going to find any piece of information from any weird ass fucking site that backs up what they're trying to say. And, 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 and like I said, man, what does it matter? It matters to them. You have though, a man. family <laughs> and, and you have your own shit. I was talking to somebody yesterday and it's like, there's this meme that I love. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a, a, a double kind of thing on, on top. It said, nobody cares. And it's like a, a person looking sad. And then mm -hmm. right below it, it says, nobody cares. And somebody's looking really happy. Like there's two ways to look at that, but it's so true because nobody cares. Because as soon as they're 
clicked the fucking button on their phone and that screen goes black, you go back to worrying about your own problems because your own problems are going to take precedent 99% of the time. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter. And it, do, it almost doesn't matter what anybody says unless you're a person in, who ha, has uh, a platform to the masses. Then yeah, I mean, it kind of, it kind of matters what you say, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, like you, you have your own life and you're going to go on living your own life and you're going to go on making decisions that are, the, are best for you and your family. So you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think about this case. What matters is that people aren't telling the truth. That is what matters. Absolutely. And, and people always say like, well, how do we fix it? How do we blah, 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 blah. And it's like, unless you're someone that has like that huge platform where you can reach out and talk to a lot of people and hopefully those people are using the platforms, you know, for the right things and not to spread more misinformation. But like for us, the, the sheep, the puppets, like whatever you want to call us, just the normal people. In my opinion, what the best thing you can do is treat your everyday experiences, treat all the people you meet just like you'd want to be treated. And I know that's like kind of drawing a parallel to like Christianity or anything like that. But like, that is such a, a good takeaway. Like if you we're all just fucking people, man. And if you just mm -hmm. treat the people around you, like you want to be treated and you're just a good solid person, nine times out of 10, nine and a half times out of 10, everything's going to be good. Even like any person, any race of person you meet, you talk to, if you're pleasant to them, I promise you, they're probably gonna be pleasant back to you and everything's going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a golden it's a golden rule for a reason, right? Yeah. And kill them with kindness. For real. Kill them with kindness. Be kind. And that one asshole you meet, you don't know what happened to it. Like, they could be having an off day. Like, it doesn't... Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you control it by every day putting forth your best effort to be a, not a piece of shit, be a good person. And if more and more people did that, I think uh, this world would be a lot better place, man. For sure. For sure. I couldn't agree more. I, I think we still have some time. I, I wanted to get to this story that I don't know very much about but I wanted to talk about it because it's important. There is a tennis player who's been missing for a while and she goes by the name of Peng Shui. I think that's how you pronounce it. She's Chinese. She made accusations about a Chinese communist official sexually abusing her. And then she hadn't been seen for like two weeks. I got put on to this story last Thursday? I saw it on the news. I saw that uh, Serena or Venus Williams had tweeted about her saying, hey, where's Pang? I'm thinking, what the hell? I didn't know about this. And like, that's the last thing I heard of it. Yeah. Well, over the weekend, like there's kind of some developments. The whole, like the international community is going crazy about this because uh, it's very troubling. Like someone that speaks out against the Chinese government all of a sudden goes dark. Like what, what's going on? Yesterday, there was an event in China for a tennis organization, and she was seen there. Uh, and then she was also seen going to dinner with some friends afterwards. Now, the videos that have come out came out from one source who is tied very, very closely to the Chinese Communist Party. Mm. You know, so a lot of people are casting doubt at these videos, saying they were staged, questioning if it's even her. So there's still a lot of a lot of people worried or maybe not quite believing this. Um, some said, even though it might be her, she may not be acting under her own free will, which to me was a little puzzling. Cause like in China is, is free will like a thing, you know, like I, I know they're very, I mean, the communist party is very strict. So it's like, I, I don't know if her free will is anyone's business. Like that sounds terrible to say, but like, I, I don't know how really how it works over there, but like, obviously everyone wants to make sure she's safe. Um, 
and doing all right. So they're still trying to reach out to her. Uh, it sounds like they were able, the International Olympic Committee was able to get on a, a video phone call with her over the weekend. Uh, and there's still a lot of uncertainty there. So it sounds like she is alive or they have like a good body double of her, but she has not really reached out to any other news sources, any other places that are pinging her, any of these people. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of doubt still cast around here. It's really worrying to see a, a world government do this. Yeah, I, I, I guess you could kind of go the same route as, as what we were just talking about with Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, you know, at this point, all we really have are stories in our head, right? But in this case, I mean, especially with China, we know what happens with people who dissent, yeah. right? Like that's not, that's a very well-documented thing. All you have to do are look at the, uh, the, er the earliest uh, uh, patients and doctors um, who were surrounding COVID. All of them silenced, some of them killed um, because China didn't want them talking about it. So um, and I'm, I'm liable to believe that this person um, is being or going to be punished because of what she said, because of the things, the accusations that she made. Because in China and any communist state, the party is number one. So it's not about what she says. It's not, the, the truth isn't what she says. The truth is what the party says. And so I'm curious to let, like, like, like to, to see what happens in this. And, I, and I'm speaking so flippantly about somebody's life right now. It's kind of weird, but, but, you know, she, she's made this one appearance. She's, a member of the international community as a known tennis, a professional tennis player. She's a great, at one time she was the number one. She's won Wimbledon really? doubles. Yeah, she was the number one uh, double, like in doubles. Okay. So she, but she, she's won two grand slams. Like she's a great tennis player. So, so, so she's no small deal. Not first Chinese uh, player, male or female, to achieve world number one doubles ranking. Yes. Yeah, so, so something tells me that, you know, at the very least, this will be the last that we hear of sexual abuse claims. This is the first one that has ever come out against any member of like the Chinese Communist Party. This is the first allegation to ever, you know, make it to the public eye, which is yeah. concerning right. in itself. Because come on now. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right. So, um, yeah, that sucks. And it's right on the heels of uh, Beijing hosting the Winter Olympics. I don't know if this is just talk, but Biden said, I think last week or the week before, that there's still a chance that the, the U.S. boycotts the Olympics, really? um, which would be the, the first thing that he's done that I really agree with. Um, for all of the for all of the hand wringing we do here domestically for social issues that we don't agree with and the steps that we take based off of allegations or things that we see surface level, it's a Astonishing to me that we still have a tolerance for dealing with China, given what we know about China, right? Just the facts of what we know. Internationally, they are condemned for committing genocide against Uyghur Muslims. This is a thing that's happening right now. It's so weird because we're all like talking about, oh my God, we can never let another Holocaust happen. How can, you know, we have to be aware never again. It's happening right now. It's happening right now, but we happen to be so intertwined with their economy that if we rock the boat just a little bit, the repercussions could be terrible for us. So we have to take that into account when we're talking about this regime who is pretty much able to do whatever the heck they want. Very scary. Um, another kind of thing, I, I, I know you saw this, uh, came out of Waukesha, another thing out of Wisconsin this weekend. It's hard to even talk about, man, hard to watch these videos, but... Uh, 
Apparently, a man drove through a Waukesha Christmas holiday parade, like at a very, I mean, you can watch the videos online, uh, very fast speed, ro- running people watch over. The videos. Yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest it. It's, it's very troubling. Uh, at one point, he even fired some shots out the window, but there's several people that have been announced dead, many, many more injured. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know if there's been a motive. I saw that he had just got, uh, the guy they have in custody has had some mental stuff and was has been in and out of jail. So, you know, it sounds like he was a real dirtbag, obviously, to do something like this going over. He's a fucking loser. Yeah, but uh, he is in custody right now. So hopefully he spends the rest of his days there. But this is it's just it's super sad. I just feel terrible for all these family like a week before Thanksgiving, a month before Christmas. It's just some real scumbags out there, man. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, my opinion, this this should be the kind of thing that we all take our pitchforks and uh, torches out and protest. This should be the thing that we protest. Could you rally around the death penalty for this guy? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, the the death penalty is never something that I really have an issue with because it's such a... It's it's such a varied thing state by state, right? It's not a... It's not a... a, a Like a federally regulated thing. But no, I mean, like, this guy was released on bail very shortly before he, he committed these crimes. There's been a big push for bail reform especially after last year, big push for bail reform. Um, I spoke about it a couple weeks ago, but in this book that I read uh, called Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, they take, I forget how many court cases, but like uh, tens of thousands of court cases from New York, New York City. They, what they do is they take these court cases and they run them through like an artificial intelligence algorithm. And I say, based off of this person, and his priors, their priors, um, whatever the criteria are, would you grant this person bail, right? They wanted to see that if a computer could tell better than a human, if the person released on bail would go on to commit another crime. Of the court cases that they ran through this AI, the AI, the, the human judge that released people on bail released 25% more people that would go on to commit a crime than the AI. 25% more than a mm. computer. Wow. Isn't that fucking insane, dude? Like, you could look at a person in their eye, ask them questions, and then make your own determination. And we are 25% worse than an objective intelligence algorithm at predicting whether or not somebody's going to go out and commit a crime. I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was such an interesting thing to to see because it's like, well, maybe we do give ourselves too much credit, but, um, you know, this guy was out on bail doing this. That's an issue. Yeah. And then you look at the fact that we're trying to reform the bail process to make it easier for people like this to get out of, to, to, to not be in prison. I mean, it's such a touchy subject, but if this guy was out on bail, fuck man, that's, like inexcusable. Have you read, uh, kind of speaking of death penalty, have you heard much about this Julius Jones case? I saw the, I saw the headline. I didn't get to see much into it. Okay. I kind of want to jump into it more next episode. I, I want to read more into it because it sounds, a lot of people are rallying behind this guy saying that like he was, you know, wrongly convicted of murder, like back in 99, he's been on death row for 30 years, whatever, or 20 years. <sighs> Everything I'm seeing though, is that he's gone through like many, many appeals cases and parole hearings and all the other stuff and like never got out. Mm. Meaning that like, and even like the person who he killed when the carjacking happened, 
their family was in the car and identified Jones as the as the guy. So I, I I don't know if this is racial. You know, people are saying it's Oklahoma. Racism is very alive there. Yada yada. But like a lot of a lot of like prominent celebrities and all these social justice warriors are, are behind this guy. So I, I maybe for the next episode we can look into this and kind of dissect this a little bit more. But he, he basically like two hours or something before he was going to be killed after twenty some years, uh, the Oklahoma governor like passed down a decree and granted him clemency so that he's still in prison but not going to be, be put to put death. death. So mm. I, I, we'll look more into this. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode and just kind of see what some of the facts are or aren't. Um, but I, I thought this was really interesting. I, I just, yeah, I didn't know if you'd heard about it. Yeah. And then like another story on the same lines was uh, convicted murderers of Malcolm X were exonerated. I saw that. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Exonerated or they were, no, they, I think they're both the dead. So they get, their sentence can't be commuted. But um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. So maybe we could touch on both of those next time. That sounds like a plan. In the meantime, uh, if the friends of ours are interested in sending us a message or finding our shit out on the interwebs, where can they find us, Franklin? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FriendshipNH. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok, same handle, Friendship News Hour. That's at Friendship News Hour. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com bummerdude.media at gmail.com drink a mirror coffee yes drink uh drink our sponsors coffee damn it um if we don't if we don't hear from you guys until thursday which we should but if we don't have a great thanksgiving everybody 